Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's bank night tonight at the Bijou Theater in Wistful Vista. $3,000 for some lucky patron of the cinema. And look who'll be there to try to get it. Yes, our own Jerry and Jenny at the rat hole, Fibber McGee and Molly. Look at this handful of ticket stubs, will you? Been saving them for over a year. How can we lose? Well, it won't be easy. <laughs> but uh, we've managed it up till now. You know, we must have sort of a gift for not winning. The sort of gift you can't take back in exchange for something useful. Ah, but don't give up, Tootsie. This may be the night. And can I use that 3000 bucks? What do you say we take a trip around the world? Or would you rather go someplace else? <laughs> Aren't you spending your $3,000 a little previously, dearie? Not necessarily. We've got to win that bank night deal sometime. Why do we? If you'll pardon my dirty logic. <laughs> well, it stands to reason the law of averages. The longer we don't win, the sooner we got it. Hmm. <laughs> Would you... Would you mind putting that statement on the grease rack and letting Mother have a peek underneath? <laughs> Well, it's very simple, kiddo. Remember when we drove through Nevada that time and stopped at that plushy hotel where they have the big legal gambling casino in Las Vegas? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where I asked the man why they called it the flamingo, and he said it was because the flamingo is a bird that sticks its neck out? Yeah. <laughs> what about it? Well, one of the owners explained the whole thing to me, you see. One, two, three, four, ABC. Really simplified the whole deal. How did you know he was one of the owners? Well, he must have been. He had a little green apron on that says Flamingo on it. <laughs> so I says to him, Flam, I says, are these games honest? <laughs> are these games honest, I says? Everybody's born with seven holes in his head. You know that. <laughs> That's the kind of a question that'll get you number eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was very nice about it. Educated fellow he was. He was? Yeah. Look, he says, real sweet and patient. According to the law of averages, he says, as worked out in 1912 by Professor Hamiltrager of the University of Southern Cuba, he says, <laughs> the longer the interval between winning in any given game of chance, the more imminent becomes the probability. Oh? Thus, he says, the longer you don't win, the sooner you gotta. <laughs> How long you stay in here, he says, and I says, we're pulling out in the morning, I says, and he gives me an address in San Francisco. Look up my mother, he says. Tell her Joe says he'll be paid up here in another five months and then he'll be home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I thought. But that's besides the point. <laughs> anyway, according to him, the house percentage is... Come in, thank goodness. Oh, hi, Latrivius. <laughs> Come on in for a few minutes anyway, because we're going to the Bijou Theater tonight. It's bank night, Mr. Mayor. Yes, as I hear they have $3,000 in the kitty. Yep, and I hope to make a personal pet out of that kitty tonight. <laughs> What's new with you, boy? Anything? Yes, yes. I got a very pleasant letter today. Oh. You remember my sister who was married this spring? I just got some splendid news from her. Isn't oh. that nice? Boy, you're a girl. And my sister? She's a girl. <laughs> some of my brothers are boys, but my sister... Yeah, yeah. Well, what was the splendid news you got? Well, they had rather a rough time financially for a while, but her husband has just gone on the market with a new invention. 
And she tells me he's simply coining money with it. Some kind of a printing press or stamping machine? A printing press? Yeah. No. No, no. I understand it's sort of a gadget... You've got a hand. strange idea of splendid news, Latrivia. You actually seem to be proud of this wayward brother-in-law. Well, I am, of course. Huh? He started making so much money that Mac... Proud of a brother-in-law that's a counterfeiter? For shame. Counterfeiter? I didn't say anything about counterfeiting. Look, son, there's laws in the Constitution of the USA that don't let anybody coin money besides and except to with the U.S. government. You studied law. You should ought to have knew that. <laughs> now, 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 just a minute, please. I'll wait. I, I, I don't quite know how all this got started, but I assure you that I was You don't have to assure us, Mr. Mayor. It's the Treasury Department you've got to convince. Remember that movie of the counterfeiter, that Mr. 880? Yeah. They probably got your brother-in-law tagged as 881 right now, look at it. And believe me, boy, when them tea men want you, it ain't just to have tea. My guy says... Oh, stop it, for heaven's sake. <laughs> All this counterfeiting talk is simply nonsense. I didn't mention Please, now, Mr. Uh, Mayor, don't shout. There's a lady present. And stop looking around. I mean me. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, uh, look. Uh, just let me explain. There, there, there's, I, I, there's, there's nothing to explain, Mr. Open and shut case. You says your brother-in-law was making a lot of money, didn't you? Well, yes, but it's good money. And it, it doesn't matter only... how good it is, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> They'll catch up to him sooner or later. Yes. Look, why don't you go and talk to the lad like a father? Plead with him. Yeah, tell him that crime don't pay, Lefebvre. You owe that to your sister. Sure. Oh, my heart goes out to that poor girl, trembling at every door knock. Oh, she doesn't. Listening with tears in her eyes to the rumble of the printing press in the basement. Rumbling. Shuddering with shame and horror. Every time she looks into the face of Honest Abe on them $10 bills. I tell you she doesn't. Lincoln is on the $1 bill, dearie. Oh, no, no, that's Washington. Lincoln's on... No, wait a minute. It don't matter anyway, LaTerby. People never examine their money that close anyway. Gee whiz, your brother-in-law might as well be printing three-dollar bills with Mickey Rooney's foot on them as far as the public. I tell you, my Rooney-in-law doesn't make any printing. I mean, when I said he was coining Mooney, huh? a mini, printer counting five filler ten, ten-dollar mix. Look, you set my money-in-law, my brother in jail. I only tried to trade the trifles of said coin. McGee. Yes, boy. Remember that snapshot I took of you out at Dugan's Lake last summer, after the rainstorm? Oh, yeah. You standing there in your bathing suit and the rainbow in the distance? Oh, the picture you wrote on and said, this must be the pot at the end of it? <laughs> that one? What about it, His Honor? Well, I just remembered it was still wet when I got home with it, and I put it in a copy of Life magazine so it wouldn't curl all up. Yes. Now I'm going home and open up the magazine and shake the picture into the fireplace. I want to get you out of my life. Good day. <laughs> Well, I hope we can get seats tonight, McGee. 
Last bank night we sat so far back, we were still watching the feature after everybody else went home. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, it's always crowded, but on any other night of the week, you can see more empty seats than a busy pants presser. <laughs> more empty seats than... Hey, look. At what? That guy coming down the street. Ain't that Ollie from the Elks Club? Yes, it is. Hello there, Ollie. Hi, Ollie. Well, hello, McGee. Hello, Missus. I can't talk for just a few minutes. Huh? It's bank night. It could be you. Yes. <laughs> we're going to, Ollie. I'll say we're about due to hit the jackpot, Ollie. Law of averages. The longer we don't win, the sooner we gotta. Well, good luck, McGee. Three thousand dollars is nothing to snooze at, you know. <laughs> you mean sneeze at, Ollie. Snooze, Mrs. Huh? Last time me and my missus go to bank night, I sleep all through when they call the names. Mm-hmm. But when we get home, my missus make up for it. She called me plenty of them. <laughs> Why, if she was with you, she could have woken you up if they'd have called your name out. No, she was waiting for me in the lobby. Oh, I see. You see, that week it was my turn to go inside and her turn to wait in the lobby. Oh? See, we got system. Uh-huh. Why pay 65 cents each for two people when just one of them can find out he don't win something? <laughs> well, that's logical. How are the kids? Are we having fun this winter? Oh, sure. For sweet kids, every winter is fun. Yeah? Last Sunday, they all go out to Dugan's Lake with skates and sleds, and we pay fella for coasting downhill on private property. How mm-hmm. much did he charge for coasting down his hill, Ollie? It's on a sliding scale, Mrs. <laughs> well, anyway, we coast and skate all day in the ice boat, and we fish through ice, and then we go slob bedding. Slob? <laughs> <laughs> You mean bobsledding? No. Huh? No, my cousin Halmer, he fall through the ice and he had to go home and put the big slob to bed. <laughs> well, I got to go hurry for bank night, McGee. <laughs> so long, both you fellas. Yeah. Oh, so long. <laughs> going to, McGee. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a lull at the box office. Get your tickets quick. Okay. Hurry. Okay, kiddo. Wait till I get my money out. Now, two tickets, sis. Adults. I and my wife. Oh, come on, kiddo. Tickets, please. Thank you. <laughs> McGee, I'm hungry. So before we go in, let's go to the candy counter. Oh, well, will you look at that? Boy, they sure have enlarged the candy counter, haven't they? Just look at that. Steak sandwiches, a dollar ten. <laughs> Fish and chips, ninety-five cents. It's a logical development from popcorn and candy bars, I suppose. Yeah. Look at the signs. Come early for our special turkey dinner. Yeah. Wide stools for large parties. <laughs> Unless you're tattooed, you shouldn't see pictures on an empty stomach. That'd <laughs> be cute. Yeah. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Have a stool. Oh, thanks. Hi, Junior. What are you having? Well, I'm having a little chat with the waitress, a long wait for the feature, and a cup of coffee with pet milk in it. What do you have? Coffee for me. Me too. A double demitasse and a large cup. <laughs> okay. Hey, Margie, two cups of coffee for my friends here, and uh, will you slide that pitcher of pet milk down the counter? Thanks. You here for bank night, Mr. Wilcox? No, I just come in for this good coffee, mainly. You notice how they've enlarged this from a candy counter to a real restaurant? Yeah, how come, Junior? Inquired Little Fibber, his merry blue eyes dancing with mischief and a sly wink at his wife, <laughs> the former Molly Driscoll of Peoria, Illinois, as he adjusted his shin guards and crouched over the plate, waiting for the pitch. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, pal. We were sure you would. You see. <laughs> 
You see, ever since they started serving pet milk with the coffee in here, giving it that rich, mellow flavor and that creamy color, they just had to keep expanding to take care of the trade. It ain't the coffee that makes me expand. It's the food, because I spread all over the (laughs) You see, pet milk is perfect for coffee because it's natural whole milk with half the water taken out and all the cream left in. Oh. And as it costs less generally than bottled milk and less than half as much as coffee cream, the profits to the counter here were so good. That Imagine they a real them. restaurant in the lobby of a movie theater. <laughs> what did they double feature for breakfast? Cinema toast and coffee? <laughs> well, Molly, I don't know, but next week they're putting in booths along the walls so young couples can come in and sit down with their coffee and pet. <laughs> and uh, in addition to that, oh, uh... You going, pal? Yes, and none too soon. <laughs> well, come on, Molly. See you later, Jimmy. Let's try to send her out, McGee. Last time we were here, we sat so far to one side that Sydney Green Street looked 30 feet tall and six inches thin. <laughs> okay. If, oh, wait. Here, there's the manager. Oh, hey, Marty. Any seats in the center aisle, Marty? No, McGee. There's no seats in any of the aisles. Huh? Uh, we took them out so people wouldn't stumble over them. Oh, <laughs> now we just have them on each side of the oh, aisle. Oh, I see. No, no, Mr. Stiver. You don't understand. Are there any seats near the center? No, but I'll have the usher find you a seat somewhere. Oh, by the way, McGee. Yeah. Look, uh, as you know, on bank night, we usually ask some prominent citizen to draw the numbers out of the barrel. You know, some well-known personality that everybody knows and, and trusts and admires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. tonight, we'd like to do something a little different. Huh? So how would you like to draw the numbers? <laughs> well, that's very flattering in a dubious sort of way. Go ahead, McGee. Oh, okay, Marty. How soon do I have to... Uh, excuse me, Mr. Stiver. You're wanted on the phone. Oh, thanks, Kimberly. Uh, when the feature is over, McGee, come backstage. Oh, say, Kimberly, find these people some seats, will you? They're regulars. See you later, folks. Yes, yes sir, Mr. Stiver. I'm afraid we'll have to wait a few minutes, Mr. Regular. Uh, do you mind, Mrs. Regular? I'm not Mrs. Regular. I'm Mrs. McGee. Oh, sorry. I thought you were with him. Hmm? Well, let me park Mr. Regular down front someplace, and I'll find you a seat in the balcony, baby, and after the show. Hey, wait. Now, look, I'm not Mr. Regular. My name is McGee, too. And this is my wife. Skip it, baby. The old man's helped up to it. Do what Stiver told you and find us a seat. We're steady customers. Well, I'll bet you are, sir. Hold out your hand. Here. Here. My, you are steady customers, aren't you? <laughs> You'd be surprised how many unsteady ones we get. <laughs> Had a chap in here last night. Tall, bald fellow with a tattersall vest and a crew haircut. How and could that... he have a crew haircut if he was bald? Well, I asked him about that. <laughs> And he said the crew had deserted. <laughs> well, madam, this man was so unsteady that he shook off four detectives that had followed him into the theater. And now, look, look, Buster. I remarked to the fellow that he was quite bald, and he said, No, I'm not bald. I just like a wide part. <laughs> Which I consider rather a witty retort because I didn't. Excuse me, Mr. Get a seat in the theater. All in good time, madam. Uh, where would you like to sit? Any place where we can see the picture from it. Oh. <laughs> oh, you fool, you. Huh? I've seen this picture, sir. Huh? And believe me, if the film were broken up into banjo picks, they shouldn't happen to Eddie Peabody. <laughs> Where'd you say you'd like to sit? Well, personally, I like to sit in the orchestra My seat. My wife used to always sit in an orchestra seat. But that was when she played the flute with the Petoskey Philharmonic. Oh. <laughs> she sat next to a piccolo player named Hines, 
who had 57 varieties of piccolo. He had a sweet piccolo, mustard piccolo, bread and butter piccolo. Are you going to find us seats or not? Have you got a pair down front? No, but I have an apple backstage. I can't. I'm munching on it after Wait a minute. Oh, let me take that flashlight a minute, will you? Certainly. Here you are, sir, but I don't think... Here. Come on, kiddo. I'll find it some seats. My, they show old pictures on bank night, don't they, McGee? Yeah, yeah they do. Ah, uh, but that Richard Bartholomew. <laughs> so handsome. Yeah. I wonder what his voice sounds like. I don't know. I understand that right after this one, he made a talking picture. Well, now that you dragged me all the way backstage, what are we waiting for? Why don't you draw the numbers? Well, I can't till the manager brings the barrel of stubs out on the stage, and he ain't going to bring them out till everybody gets through buying stuff in the lobby. Let me ask the stagehand here what, what happens when... Hey, hey, bud. Uh, don't bother me now, son. I'm... Oh, hello there, kid. <laughs> Get out of here, Hi, old-timer. What are you doing here? Working, Johnny. Oh? I'm a combination stagehand and razorback. Razorback? What's that? Well, daughter, when somebody lowers the curtain too far, I raise her back to where she belongs. <laughs> Incidentally, you kids ain't supposed to be backstage here. Uh, I'm back here on business, old-timer. Manager asked me to help out in drawing the lucky number. Oh, you the draw the lucky bank night number out of the barrel? That's him. That case... Sit down, kid. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, old timer. Here's a half a buck for you. I learned years ago to always tip the stagehands because that way you ain't so happy to get a sandbag dropped on your beans. <laughs> well, thank you, Johnny. That's mighty handsome of you. Yeah. Last week we had two people doing the drawing back here. They only tipped me 15 cents between them. Is that so? Yep. Tightest pair of drawers i ever seen. <laughs> In fact, uh-oh. Here comes the manager with a barrel now. Let me give you a hand there, Mr. Stiver. Hey, Wally, how it Mr. Stiver's motioning to you, McGee. Go out on the stage. Uh, okay, kid. Honey. You wait for me right here. I'll be All back. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, as is the custom here at the Bijou Theater, we have asked a prominent citizen to assist with the bank night drawing. And here he is, Mr. Fever McGee. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. You know, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the theater tonight. I was walking along... Oh, the number, stupid! Eh, quit the yakking and get with it. Okay. <laughs> okay, close your mouth so them gold teeth don't shine in my eyes. Give her a whirl, old-timer. Mix them up good. There she goes, Johnny. Round and round and round she goes, and where she stops, out oh, my toes. <laughs> All right, folks, the first number for $3,000. Number 9847-8923-62190-A-A. Uh, Roy Arlingfeather, 914 Oak Street. Mr. Arlingfeather in the house? Well, folks, I guess that concludes... Uh, no, the... no, McGee. Draw uh, another number. Oh, okay. Uh, another number, folks. <laughs> and here it is. The number is 876-503-1527, Series J. And this is held by Mrs. M uh, Gloria Ziltzprenner of the Rich Vista Hotel. Mrs. Ziltzprenner here tonight? Well, I guess that takes care of tonight. Hey, hey McGee, try one more. <laughs> Another one? Oh, okay, folks. We'll try it once more. <laughs> the third number. And the number is... One, three. Thirteen. And the name is Mr. Harlow Wilcox. 
They're the pet milk company, makers of pet milk, the first evaporated milk that gives your coffee that creamy color, or color and that mellow taste at 14th and Oak Street, Whistle Vista. Is Mr. Wilcox in the audience? Yeah, here! Uh, thank you, thank you, folks. Mr. Wilcox, if you will stop in my office on your way out, I'll give you a check for $3,000. <laughs> Wonderful, McGee, to see a good friend of ours win all that money. No. <laughs> no? Why not? No, well, I'll tell you why not. Because the first number I drew out was one of my numbers. And the second one I drew out was one of your numbers. What? Yeah. Well, then, who were the people whose names you called? Huh. The names. They were phonies. I had to make them up. Because with me sticking my hand in that barrel and drawing our own numbers out, they'd have murdered me. Yeah, I guess you're right, dearie. Why, sure. Well, better luck next time. Remember, the longer you don't win, the sooner you got it. Yes, sir. Mr. Wilcox is going to do with that $3,000 he won. Well, I saw him outside the theater afterwards, and I was going to ask him, but the minute he seen me, he ducked down the alley. Oh? <laughs> he probably thought I was going to ask him for a loan. <laughs> Ridiculous. No, he was right. <laughs> I was going to. You look. were? Yeah. But the trouble with knowing a guy as well as I know Milky is that he knows me that well, too. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> 